Welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. Winning a series of the guilds in 30 minutes. There was a little pause when Guild Ball went through a bit of a rough patch, <laughs> to put it lightly. But now the community project is going well, we're going to continue to release them. This is the Navigators episode in 30 minutes. We are going to be releasing more of them on Patreon and then releasing them to public probably a few weeks later so everyone can get a listen. If you want to hear them first, um, go on Patreon, but if you want to not do that, that's fair enough, and they'll be available on the main feed after. So, if you're interested in Patreon, there'll be a link in the show notes. Other than that, if you don't want to, that's all good. You will hear Steve's dulcet tones now talking about the navigators in Gilball. to Singled Out, um, a Guild Ball podcast, the ninth best of the two Guild Ball podcasts. Um, this is the latest episode in our series of, uh, sort of guilds in 30 seconds. Um, you know, we felt that the meta wouldn't be moving that much with lockdown, so it's not a bad time to do this. And I am joined today to talk about the Navigators Guild by uh, Powell Edek Korpal. Um, I hope that pronunciation was better than last time, Edek. <laughs> It's okay, yeah. Uh, 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 Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure to have you back. And we're going to talk about Navigators, who I think it's fair to say are one of the more fun guilds in uh, in Guild Ball. You've picked them up quite recently, is that right? Uh, I've started grinding them like uh, in a competitive way about when 4.3 landed. Uh, I was playing them a bit before that, but never in like tournaments and stuff like that. Hmm. So, so give us a headline view of navigators. You know, what do what do they do? What what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Like, and what, I guess what's their general game plan as well? 
Well, um, the guild is designed to score goals and do it quickly. Um, for, they have the tools to go for takeouts, but they are mainly focused on goals. Uh, Stat-wise, in 23 games from the start of 4.3, I am uh, 57 goals in, in 23 games, yeah? Mm. Uh, and only 21 takeouts. So I mainly focus on scoring goals. Yeah, I played them in one tournament and went 2-2 in every game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get that. Just, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't play against many teams with top height. I think that's probably uh, one. But yeah, they, 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 I guess they're, they're a goal-scoring team that I think they're a flex-op goal-scoring team, really. Aren't they? So they're either two, you're either 2-2 two, two or 3-0. Really, yeah, most not... of my games end up in 3-1, and then I get uh, yeah. probably a six-point activation with Windfinder uh, and two goals. Just, I get a takeout just to threaten the 2-2 game, but I still try to focus on getting three goals. Mm. And they, obviously, because they're a minor guild, they have, uh, it makes sense, you know, the Fisherman's minor guild, so, you know, they're flexing between, they're mostly goal-focused, and, and their big sort of gimmick, I guess, is they're the, they're the only guild in the game, other than uh, I think Obulus, who the only thing in the game that can get re-rolls, so they're quite an interesting guild, aren't they? Because their their playbooks are built differently than other guilds. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, you need to if you want to go for uh, takeout and for damage, you need to set up like a few assists. Unless it's Azimut, then I guess you can get like eight damage out of him quite easily. Mm. But other players most of the time need some sort of uh, gang ups because yeah, you're Let's say back four, you have four columns. If the opponent has uh, one arm, even getting your third column is not likely. The, the odds with rerolls are quite uh, weird when you look at them because m most of your results are very, very probable. And then the last result possible is like half, 50% uh, drop off. So yeah. it's weird to calc uh, damage with them. And they they love to charge as well, don't they? That's another you know on, you know most of the time in go ball, you don't really want to charge usually. Yeah, the rule of yeah the rule of thumb is generally don't want to charge. Yeah. Uh, but now they they have great they really benefit from the charge uh, because of the way their playbooks are designed. So you are looking for their for those higher results. Yeah. And with free rolls, the plus for dice for a charge are. More or less like six dice or something like that. You, you get more value out of those out of those four dice, yeah. And their playbooks are generally built almost like the inverse of Masons, aren't they? You've got like a lot of non-momentous results in the sort of bottom yeah. columns, and then all your momentous results are in the sort of I, higher columns. Yeah, I think Windfinder is the only like full navigator player who has a momentous result in the first half of the playbook. Yeah, and that a momentous dodge, so nothing too exciting. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a weird dynamic in the guild, but it's quite interesting. It's it's a fun guild to to go to when you need a, a change. For example, mm. you've been playing like a guild for a long time, and you want just something extremely different. I don't think there's a guild that plays just like they do. For me, Midas, Alchemist, full gold scoring is the closest thing, but it's still pretty different. Yeah, it's similar. It's similar, I guess, but it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not the same. I've, you know, I've, uh, I, and I think it's, and they definitely, they feel like quite a feast or famine guild for momentum and things like that because of the way their playbooks are constructed. So, 
so you you know if you get the right setup you can you can do you know huge amounts of wraps and all that sort of stuff and generate a lot of momentum but if you don't it can actually be quite sort of hard to generate that but they're a real tempo team aren't they you know there's a lot you get a lot of ball pressure you get a really high tempo approach to the game yeah uh, the guild is uh, capable of um, okay so uh, for me the guild prefers to kick uh, when you're playing uh, I think I've been uh, checking recently uh, on long shanks and mm. 15 games I've been kicking t- 12 times okay yeah, uh, not all of them were by my choice, but yeah, that's uh, what happened. And it's the guild just feels way better when you get the K because you um, you have the tools to threaten two goals on turn one. You almost never get the two goals, but you have the tools to force your opponent to protecting the ball very carefully. Mm. And you mo and you have Azimuth as a great model to go last in turn and disrupt the opponent's first activation on the next turn. Yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've, I mean, again, I've only played maybe, I think I've played like maybe 10 games with them, something like that. And I think I've mostly received, but that's my, that's, that's I think similar to when I've been playing minors is like, I, I love a locked in turn one goal and they, they're very good at sort of scoring from safety in turn one. So, yeah. So, so what are their what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses? Do you think, Edek? Uh So, they are extremely uh, high tempo game uh, guild. So, um, if you get the the points early, like you get a goal on the first turn, or you get like a good six point activation of Windfinder, your opponent needs to invest heavily uh, into protecting the ball, mm-hmm. and then you. You still have the tools to get the to get the goals with Siren, with Windfinder, and Phalem, and you have the tools to get the takeouts with Ab, Azimuth, and also Windfinder. So it's difficult to plan against them because the sixth influence on Windfinder, for example, can do either a takeout, either or a goal. It's not like Shark that if you don't get the goal, for example, you're mostly probably like a support model then, or just getting the six momentous dodges to keep up in the momentum rates. Yeah, they are surprisingly flexible mid-game. They're not especially flexible uh, in the draft part of the game. Yeah, I mean they're a minor guild, but even by minor guild standards. So, yeah. so what are they? What, what else are their weaknesses? What do you think? Uh, they just struggle against uh, tough height. If a, a guild that can kill the ball and has all tough height, uh, because. If you want to, the only model that can effectively take a model of tough height is Windfinder with her legendary and like four assists, but that yeah. also takes probably like two turns. It's it's so, really yeah. I, I played one game where I sort of ended up with navigators trying to kill Rundas, and you know when you get tunnel vision about something and you just keep trying to do it, and and I was just like, a model with tough height and shadow like it's just the worst. Yeah, you don't want to do. Yeah, you're wasting your time, your clock, your influence, yeah. probably your momentum. And you're still like ice spy, yeah. It's not. It's you, not you want to avoid that, yeah. Also, yeah. a guild that can match your tempo game or get ahead of you in scoring goals, mm-hmm. and because the only model in Navigator that can like protect the ball most of the time is Azimuth, and yeah. he, you want Azimuth to go and get uh, work done, like go knock them, knock people down, and. Well, you want him to be an active player. 
and you don't want to kill the ball an active player most of the yeah. time. I think that's fair. They don't, they don't love close control as well. I mean, they've got some close control and armor. They have some tools for which we'll come on to, but they still don't really like it. Yeah, the, the game could get quite janky uh, if you play against a lot of uh, close control. Yeah. Uh, well, close control with high defense. Yeah. Because close control on, let's say, Colossus doesn't really make a difference. Uh, you're wrapping to a double tackle most of the time anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, high def and close control can be tricky, and it can come down to some poor or good uh, knockdown ball scatters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're sort of kicking around with that sort of thing. So should we talk a little bit about? Let's talk a little bit about the individual models because you know um, when we're doing the major guilds in this format, it's quite tricky to go into the individual models. But for navigators, you know, there are minor guilds, so there's only eight of them. So let's let's focus a little bit on those. So. Obviously, you're completely locked into your captain and your mascot, and what thing with that is your captain is really, really good. Like Windfinder is just an excellent captain. Yeah, she's an amazing captain that surprisingly uh, can do three different things. She's a great uh, striker. She has herself an 11-inch threat range, threat range is if needed, with full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, she can be a support model with giving full speed ahead to another player. Uh, in case everyone, someone doesn't know, full speed ahead is a free sprint or charge with plus two movement. Um, also, she has Ice Spy, which also gives out a knockdown. So it's a plus to attack and knockdown on an enemy model. Well, plus to attack to attack him. So she can score goals. She can be a support model. Also, she can take out models with her mostly with her legendary play. Mm-hmm. The way I do it, I set up the end of first turn so that I have a couple of models close to the enemy model I want to take out. Then I go with Windfinder, use my legendary play, go mostly quite deep into the enemy lines to dodge as many models as I can. And then with plus three or four dice from my friendly models, I go for six attacks that mostly end up in a knockdown, ice spot, and then like 16 to 20 damage, depending on the rolls. Yeah. And if that's not against a tough model, then it's probably dead. Yeah, you're usually taking it out, aren't you? And and because and, the legendary, I think, has two sort of uses, doesn't it? It's either, you know, because basically everyone would then gets a four-inch dodge. So A, it's great, exactly as you say, for, for creating a very sudden, heavily crowded out scrum. And the other one, more obviously, is, you know, at the very least, it's a where they go. So suddenly, you know, if we're going on a big goal run or extending a threat range or something like that, because quite often you'll find that we'll, we'll come on to Azimuth, but, you know, you, you have good knockdowns in, in one of your models. So quite often the ball will be scattered somewhere random. So that legendary allows, uh, you know, Windfinder to, to get to things she couldn't otherwise. So it's, it's, it's good, I guess, like you were saying with Windfinder, the legendary is also very versatile. Yeah, for example, if you go with a charge into a close control model, like a velocity, let's say, yeah. and you don't get the tackle double dodge, uh, and you are worried that she will go for a, a push dodge with her counterattack, yeah. you can go for the ice by knockdown, yeah. get the scatter wherever it goes, and there's a good chance that with your legendary or a legendary with one or two attacks, you can dodge into range of the ball. And kick the ball to someone, or even score a goal. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, she's surprisingly versatile for a model that's supposed to be a striker. Yeah, like, she's not. She's not like sort of shark or you know. She's like sort of. She's almost like sort of super Midas. You know, in that she can move her own team around. She can. Uh, she's you know, very good at scoring goals, but on top of that, she's yeah. She can definitely get takeouts, and she can set. And the I spy, the attack buff is great. It really sets up the other models in your guild. So she's just yeah. a great, a great and very versatile captain. And then Wonder the mascot is is decent. They're they're a bit more lackluster, I think, than than some of the other. Well, uh, I use Wonder mascots. for one thing only. Uh, Wonder most of the time gets one influence in the, uh, per turn, just so he can jog and use guide on, on a friendly model. It's basically where they go on a friendly model. Like it's towards you, but. The way yeah, you towards the work, yeah, yeah. I think they do, yeah. They, I think Wonder Dendry does that for me, and the only other thing they do is they're quite a good model to put somewhere on turn one if you're receiving. They're good at you know receiving the ball because yeah, because yeah. Wonder's really fast, so they can usually you know go and get the ball and do something with it. But, yeah, but guide is the main use, right, for extending your threat ranges or or disengaging models if you're worried they're they're getting sort of ganged up on. Um, yeah. Yeah, just one more thing about Windfinder. I just remind for the for of you want to try and avoid uh, models with two inch melee with a low knockdown. Yeah. Because if you if you used your legendary, there is basically no way of getting out of there, unless you have Wonder to help you out. But yeah, in your own activation, then you're most of the time have a problem because you will end up engaged outside of your melee zone, and on a parting blow, you will get a get knocked down and yeah so that's one thing you want to avoid with uh, Windfinder. yeah you definitely want to be careful of those sort of yeah two inch reach little knockdown models uh, yeah, those you know, tappers and grangers hearth and people <laughs> grange and yeah yeah those sort of models and so i think we'll come on to then the two guild only models uh which again with a lot of the minor guilds like a lot of the minor guilds i think a lot of their strength lies in those guild only models though I, I would i'll be interested i've got an argument to make to you later that is that there is only one auto include squaddy and navigators and it isn't either of these two um but these are in 90 percent of the time 95 percent of the time okay i am curious now uh okay so uh, yeah so yeah so let's talk about let's talk about azimuth who's who's now often referred to as captain azimuth i think for um for reasons that you you've outlined so azimuth is a he he's a very fighty model um he's got some great abilities he in the errata went up to having four influence so you'll commonly see him as a big target for a full steam ahead or yeah and finder particularly in early turns right yeah, surprisingly, I think the biggest buff he got was not the fourth influence, but the pushes, because he used to have only a double push on his fifth column. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was it was annoying, to say the least. And now you've got a single non-momentous push on your second column and a momentous double push on your fourth, fourth column. Mm. So you can even sometimes try and go for a ring out. Uh, he's amazing at ring outs, I think. Like the the few games I've played with them, if ever there's a piece of fast ground, uh, in two games I've played, my opponent was like, "I'm going to kick onto this piece of fast ground," and Azimuth just immediately goes and throws the kicker off the pitch. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Um, I guess most of my games end up in the middle of the pitch, but I did get a ring out or two with him in four point three. So that's definitely I think you need to worry about if you play against him or. Uh, just think of think of when you're playing uh, navigators because yeah. it's very much doable in two so, activations it's more almost certain yeah 
Yeah, and he's, so he's, he's quite different to a lot of the other navigators. I guess with the alchemist comparison, he's a bit like, he's like the catalyst of navigators, right? He's, he's got a lot of health points. He's He's got surprisingly good defensive stats for someone who's a 4-0 because he's got the gladiator stance thing. So he can yeah. often death stance up to... If he death stances counters a charge, he's up to defense 6. Um, he's got a really good counterattack because he has disarm and he has low knockdown and he has a knockdown basically has a knockdown dodge as well with netted. So, and but principally he's like a damage and disruption piece, right? Yeah, you just don't want to charge him basically never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really <laughs> not a good idea. And if you want to go attack Azamed, you better have a low knockdown. Yeah. Or be ready to be knocked down yourself. For example, save that one momentum to clear the knockdown. Because yeah, um, he isn't isn't difficult to take out once you knock him down. But before that, it's really tricky, and a lot of young captains can end up like surprised that they go in with six influence by one attack, and suddenly they get a double push, and it's over or something like that. So you need to worry, uh, look out for Azamet when you go uh, to take him out. Often people focus on him and he doesn't get that much points, that many points in games. Mm. Uh, I think I've got like uh, 19 points in 23 games with him, yeah. yeah he, he's, he sets up a lot, doesn't he? He doesn't necessarily score a lot of points himself. He's probably your... He's the highest potential damage in Navigators, but... What you're often doing is, is you know, because he, he has a range knockdown that is not once per turn. So you're often, you know, slamming into a team and knocking down three or four models or disarming someone or or, so, or basically, you know, setting, knocking down and doing some damage and setting up to finish someone else off. But he's, he, 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 but because he's a bit more durable as well, I guess you kind of are, he's a model you, it's okay to go a bit earlier with. Yeah, he also he's also a model that enables the team. Like he is yeah. one of the ways to work around close control. Yeah. Because if you get one enemy model in range, you can charge him or sprint or jog whatever, and then you go for like four attacks, and it's most of the time four times netted dodge. Mm. So with each netted, you extend your threat by one inch. Also, it's a it's two results. It's a dodge any netted so if you go yeah. for the momentous and the dodge you still uh, get to do something even if you target a resilience model yeah that's, that's quite useful and this arm also is a nice control piece um it can shut down some models for example a cast can be nicely shut down if she doesn't she... like it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like anything like that he, he which ironically he himself is is kind of is like a lot of, like all navigators are vulnerable to tack debuffs but but azimuth is one of the ones who who really doesn't like them uh particularly because because he has you know three non-momentous columns at the start of his playbook so even yeah, if yeah. It's, it's it's pretty he's he's a bit sad if he gets blinded or disarmed or anything like that yeah that's true he um, also has close control so he's he's the only he's the only really decent ball holding piece in navigators the other one is probably siren but that's a matchup specific kind of yeah. uh, ball killing yeah yeah, that's sirens, your salvos, and bolts crucible, and stuff like that. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Whether it's azimuth, azimuth is the, I guess azimuth is the model to hold it against tackles, and siren is the model to hold it against like range ball retrieval, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's true that azimuth is your main uh, model to kill the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to do that most of the time, but if you need to, you're probably looking at azimuth. 
he also has his two inch melee, so he will always get a counterattack. Like he's always capable of getting counterattack. Yeah, and, and yeah. he's a good model to hold the ball on the receiver. You know, if you if you can't get out of range, getting it onto Azimuth is usually quite good on turn one. Like if you're receiving the ball, so that's a. But let's let's move on because I'm aware of I'm aware of time. Um, <laughs> and, and having said that, Azimuth is very durable. I'm now thinking Ebb might actually be the most durable model in Navigators, and and Ebb's just a, another fantastic model, right? Yeah, well, Ebb is basically a, a toolbox. He can do everything, and he helps with every single issue the navigators can have. Uh, for example, the opponent has too many arm, okay, no problem, you get anatomical precision or sprung a leak. There is not a model in the game that is that can have arm higher than zero if the navigators really want to. Because yeah. you get a ballon gives minus three arm with anatomical and sprung a leak. And with a weak point from the card, you can get up to minus four arm on any model. Uh, yeah, that's the limit, I believe. I think Brick under Honor is Arm 4 and Wrecker is the same. Yeah. So you can always go to Arm 0. Uh, but also, he is a decent striker. He has a tackle double dodge, as most of the players in the guild. Mm. And the tackle on the first column, which helps on the wraps. So he can be an opportunistic goal scorer. He can get opportunistic takeouts as well. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, with that two damage, you know, if he, he's he's actually not a bad sort of finisher piece for takeouts because he, especially if you've not, you know, if you don't need sprung elite to clear armor, if you wrap on a charge with him, you can quite easily get a four damage charge off. Uh, uh, yeah, but with sprung elite, you also get the two damage. So exactly, if, yeah, yeah, he's a good model to start the turn against high arm uh, guilds. Yeah, if you jail someone, you go with Ab, you can uh, take him out and use sprung elite. So they're like your granites, your chisels, your honors are arm zero. Mm. And they can go down pretty quickly then, yeah. Yeah, he mostly works as a battery in the games I've played, though. Like, he will have influence on some turns, but, you know, Navigator's are quite a greedy guild, and he, he's a very yeah. good battery because he, you know, he gives out anatomical precision, he gives out gliding, he is... Basically unkillable most of the time, yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 there's very few models that can, yeah, can, can one round him. Uh, mostly, most of them are sort of like, you know, uh, Herder or people like that. But yeah, because he can only take two damage per attack. So well, you need six attacks to take him out from full. Yeah. yeah so Cause it's mostly you... captains, and then they, they cannot sprint or stuff like that. So it's very annoying to take out that. Yeah. yeah, and he, and then the classic thing is, you know, he gets healed up again, <laughs> and you just yeah. sort of stand and laugh at people. So he's he's a great player. He's he's super versatile. He usually, for me, sits in and around the center of the pitch because he's got these two auras, and particularly the sharp eyes aura. Like the true path aura is good, but situational. The sharp eyes aura, which the anatomical aura, you almost certainly want up, almost yeah. all the time because that just enables all of your models to do more. So. Those are the two in-guild models. I'm going to say that the next model is the one that I think plays in every Navigator's team, um, which is Fathom. I can see situations where you don't take Azimuth and Ebb. Um, you know, you maybe don't take Ebb into um, Shepherds or some Farmer's teams, but I cannot see a situation in which Navigators don't play Fathom. Okay, so uh, I don't agree with Shepherds for Ebb. Because he, I believe you need, need him oh, on the armor, in case yeah. they go with the takeout on Ram. Against Farmers, possibly, but I still like him. I still like climbing. him. I, I, yeah, he's still good. I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm saying yeah. he, he... I can see an argument where you might not play him into, say, Grange. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, but but anyway. I can't see why you would never not play her. She's she's just a fantastic model. Okay, so Fathom is my second best VP scoring model in the guild. Uh, yeah, so well, I, Fathom has been around for a long time. She hasn't been been changed in a long time, I believe, or even ever. No, possibly. she's never been changed. I guess though now she has access to the anatomical aura from Ebb, which well, makes yeah, a but... big difference to the reliability of our tackles. Yeah, that's true. You want with Fathom the one thing you need to think about is charging into uh, uh, close control models because her tackle is on the second column, her non-momentous tackle. So you need to wrap to your second column for the double take the double tackle. So that's one thing you want to look out with Fathom. Also, in my games, it's quite often in like in the mid game, she gets uh, one or two inf- mostly two influence per turn. Um, because from with that she can get still a twenty-two inch goal run. No, yeah. 20. Oh, 20 goal, twenty inch goal run. Yeah, because it's sprint, yeah. uh, heroic, and eight inch kick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if she doesn't get the the goal, the goal run, she can use uh, smelling salts. So she almost never wastes her influence. Um. Yeah. Um, She's super and, easy to use. I found as well. You know, she just. Goes in that direction, scores goals, scores goals from a really long way away. You know. Yeah, she's basically always in range. Yeah. <laughs> she's that kind of player. Yeah. And it's not uh, like it's not like she's always in range, but you need to like trigger something by charging someone. Like as long as you could, the only thing you need to be aware of is where the terrain is. That's the key yeah. thing, because you know, because her heroic comes off the terrain. So, so that's the part you need to give quite a bit of thought to. But, but she is not. a complicated model and she's a very good you know very good very linear striker yeah that's true uh yeah she, she doesn't do a lot of a lot of other stuff she has a two damage on her playbook but i almost yeah. never go for it yeah yeah but you know she's the, the she does enough. She's a super reliable goal. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing player. Yeah. With a good character play. It's strong so then, focus on goals, yeah. Yeah. So then I think there's three after that that are I, I, your typical navigators lineup, I think, is fair to say, is the five models we've covered, right? And then there's another three. There might be some niche situations where you drop one of them, um, but then the other three are probably more of the sort of flex slots for it. So uh, the first one is Horizon. Um, talk to me about Horizon, Edek. Okay, so I play Horizon mostly when I receive the ball because with his, uh, he is a four, four six inch move model, but with a three five inch dodge. He is quite mobile, so you can collect the ball easily on the receive. And he is quite cool into very defensive guilds, probably like your uh, steel jaws, where he will most of the time die quickly because he, he, is, an, he is a mascot, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but he can get back to the pitch from the enemy deployment zone. So it provides a very weird dynamic for the opponent. If he wants to take out Horizon, yeah, he's also so he's he's yeah he's great because of his mechanic. If you you only give up one BP when he dies, he's pretty influence efficient. He's also yeah. like a really good bunker buster because he's got unexpected arrival. Yeah, so into true, teams yeah. that are like you know into teams that sort of hunker up in the middle of the board and protect the ball basically by putting a lot of bodies between you and it. So sort of farmers or uh, masons. We talked a bit about those sort of teams. You, you can just missile Horizon into them. Um, yeah, aiming for the onyx, aiming to sort of separate all those players out, which can be can be extremely effective. 
yeah, he's also good in the guilds with... I think he's very good in the farmers because most of their uh, momentous, momentous results are damage. Yeah. So they can't really farm momentum out on, on him. Yeah, so, he just dies. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. And he, with no arm on them, uh, he can really move them around and screw up like the Harvest Markers uh, auras, like yeah. the counter charge or something like that. Yeah, so he is quite good there, but I play him mostly when receiving. That makes sense. And then, um, then moving on to that, the next probably most common person in that flex slot is Siren, who's the crossover from the Fisherman's Guild. Um, I don't know about you, I, I found her mostly used um, for two things, which is, uh, we talked about earlier, beautiful, like if you need to defend against range yeah. plays, and lure is the main thing I tend to use on her. Okay, so I quite often uh, kick with Siren. Okay. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, I treat her as a crucible, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, with her Sidious, she, she has an 11-inch uh, threat range, so that's quite a lot. Um, especially, um, you can set, set up your team, so you kick the ball exactly four inches in front of Ebb, and that means you can charge models in the enemy's deployment zone with anatomical precision. Yeah. You're just within the range. And you're quite... The second column for Sidious is very reliable with seven dice or even eight if you bonus time. And anatomical, yeah. Yeah. So I often go very early in the game with Siren to get a goal, leave her in the enemy's deployment zone, so he focuses on her, and then I can like uh, move my models a bit more aggressive. That's and interesting because I find her like I find you know if you're kicking within the Ebora, usually you're not getting enough because you're staying within four inches of the goal line basically. <laughs> like so that you know for your for your very first activation, so usually that's mitigatable. What I do like her for is to kick if I kick with say Fathom or someone like that. The model that comes forward to collect the ball, I usually would like, you know, jog or sprint Siren up and try and lure that model into my lines. So then I can go after them with, you know, Azimuth or Windfinder or someone like that. I tend to find it's it's harder to get the seduced charge off. Uh, it's not easy, that's true. But against some teams, you yeah. really force your opponent to play very defensively. Stay much deeper than they'd like, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the two modes I use with navigators when kicking the ball. The other one is just as you say, kick with Fathom and use Siren as a well, just for the lure. Yeah. Um, so both of them are valid. It depends on your playstyle most of the time and maybe on the enemy team. Yeah, that's for, fair. Yeah, if they have a, a resilience model that they can put the ball very quickly on, then Siren is less effective. Because you only, or if they put the ball on a model with a very bad kick, like a mascot or yeah. a, a gas and stuff like that, um, then you probably want to kick with Adam. Yeah. Also, uh, Siren is better when you kick into teams like uh, Engineers with Salvo or Obulus and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anything like that. Or even Alchemists, like if you're worried about getting blinded or something like that, she's, uh, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's great there. And then the last model. 
in the guild who is sadly not often seen i think it's fair to say i think when i messaged you about this podcast you said oh we get to talk about all seven models yeah uh, so we're going to talk about eight. i know some people do play angel occasionally and angel is the other crossover model um why doesn't she see much table time um she is the probably fifth best striker in the team <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> she well she has no Bible dodges. Um, her threat is ve- is not amazing. It's very linear. Um, she has the one trick that is linked with uh, Fathom. I was trying to find a way to play Angel effectively. And the one idea I have is to play a 2-2 game. Like, focus to play a 2-2 game. Where you get a takeout early in the turn. So you get the activation advantage. Yeah, and then you can go for the link activation and get a goal from a very safe distance but that's a bit slower game and I don't think navigators really want to do that yeah she feels like yeah, and she has other stuff in that she you know she's a good snapshot turret but like do you really need a good like the issue is not necessarily the snapshot right it's the ball retrieval the like the it's not that... like people are gonna get people will generally not want to give navigators the ball unless they like if you, if you score against navigators you expect they're gonna counter score right unless you yeah. set up a situation well so it's not like say cooks where you have sugar as a very similar stat wise you know in terms of kickstart snapshot turret because you're off, you're not re, you know you're often not trying to outfight cooks so you want to score goals against them but with navigators you'll often be only wanting to score against them when you know it's the end of the turn and you you're probably going first next turn so you can get the ball back or, or it's difficult for them to get the ball safe so. yeah or you just want to get a goal to close the game yeah That's most of the case yeah yeah uh, well the problem is that uh, angel in her uh best case scenario with super shot she's 510 yeah yeah so it's a five dice snapshot it's six dice with a bonus bonus time and that's almost the same as a 2-8 model uh, with two rolls. Yeah. yeah with, so it's basically the same. You get two inches less of a kick, but the odds are very similar. And you don't give up a model that's more flexible. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's, uh, that's all the models in the guild. Um, I guess... I think one more tip for navigators I could give to people is try to play with low cards. Uh, If you can, you always want to take a raw enthusiasm. That's an amazing card for them. Uh, The card that gives you two momentum per takeout. It's also, yeah, you want more influence. It's really good. Yeah, Yeah. I I think you're usually, usually what you're looking at is taking two high cards and the rest low but like they're giving out either yeah either the ones that yeah um, either the top five card is really good as well that can be great on fathom oh i never take it to be honest oh it's that top five card on azimuth can be hilarious that's like into the right guild um but yeah usually like extra influence extra attack the 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 free momentum spend or the any of the damage any of the sort of uh yeah the raw enthusiasm cards are, are great so yeah you want a couple of high ones just in case you're because you're not you don't generate buckets of momentum with navigators you can have big turns with them yeah you, like that you way, go very big and turn. you win very strongly on momentum yeah or you just give up the momentum race and 
just focus on like setting up for the next turn so you don't like lose a lot on the opponent's first activation yeah they're not they're not like they're, i guess they're not a team that consistently generates momentum every single turn you can have big spiky turns but it's not like say vet rage or something like that where you're like yeah. i'm just gonna have a lot of momentum every turn and you, so you, yeah you you want to pick you want to pick your momentum race right yeah brilliant yeah, exactly. um I think that is navigators in in slightly over thirty minutes, but you know they're they're a slightly complicated and interesting guild, and you know and because it's minor guild, we can go a bit more into the cards. So I'm going to say thank you very much, uh, Edic, for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, and I'm sure we'll see you see you back on the podcast again in the future. Are you taking navigators to WTC? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, well, it depends if the WTC. It happens. I know that yeah. uh, Skarov wants to do it, and he said it's happening. But you know, a lot of a lot can happen in it's three months from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, think a lot, a lot still can happen. Yeah, yeah, it was a very yeah, this, especially this year. Three months is a lot. Yeah, yeah big time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, quite possibly I will take them to WTC. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Edek. Thanks for thanks for coming on again. Uh, that is massively appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me again, yeah. My pleasure. Take care. Cheers. Thank you.